Hey guys, so I am here with Kurdan for yet another episode of the Tots for Free podcast. Or, or, or a first podcast, depending <laughs> on the order we did this in. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, we were just kind of talking about how we can't assume that everyone has the same knowledge as we do, even if it's just basic stuff to us. So the topic of this podcast will be gene editing, and I'd like you just to go through maybe just the basics of the idea first. Okay. So, have you ever kind of looked in the mirror? You definitely haven't. Have you ever looked in the mirror and been like unhappy with how you look or something? Oh, like, I see. You know. <laughs> but like, you know, I'll have you ever? Have, <laughs> have you ever thought? Of, fuck, have on. you ever thought about? Have you ever thought about um, something you'd like to change about yourself, mm-hmm. or something you're not happy about, maybe, or something that you really like about yourself? You want know, to go go a positive way, you know. So everything about you is defined by your DNA. So you get. Half from your biological mother and half from your biological father. You smash that together and we get you. Humans share about 90% of the same DNA, so everyone is at least a bit related on a genetics level. But that 10% is really, really diverse and really, really different. And so it makes up everything from your your hair colour to your eye colour, how tall you'll be, how easy you put on weight, literally everything about you. It, it will decide and it, it is predetermined before you're even born right. at most for most things so gene editing is essentially going in and before those mutations happen before you're born within the genome you know cutting and pasting different genes or new genes in for things you might want so you let's say you're from a very sporting family you might want to make sure you're and you're a runner you might want to make sure that your son is over six feet tall, mm. has good muscle density, s- strong bones, things like that. So those are all factors that you could potentially change and alter. Now, what part of the pregnancy would you have to do that? Oh God, now you're testing me. Um, I think they're done, obviously the gym has to be big enough that you can operate on, but it's also oh. small enough that not, you know, right. it, it's not it's too not, far, it's right. not too far along. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, I generally I don't know. That's, I would yeah, yeah. I would estimate probably around week sixteen something like that. I could be making that up. Right. Huh. Um, I think I want to focus on the ten percent of what makes us all diverse. So the first sort of topic I'd like to discuss is this sort of corny kind of almost like a belief or a saying to embrace who we are and how this kind of clashes with gene editing and so. I suppose, what is your opinion of, like, embracing who you are? And, like, should this be something that anyone should be allowed to do? Like, how far do we go? Is it, like, if it's a medical issue? Or is it just, like, oh, I'd like to look certain ways? Or I'd like to be a certain height? Like, what about just embracing who you are? Mm -hmm. So if it's just you, if it's on a personal level and things you can change, I think it comes, you know, it's up to the individual themselves. I think, and I have the thought that everyone should be able to do what they want with themselves to mm-hmm. a certain degree it would be one of the reasons to say i would support euthanasia for people you know if someone if that is something that someone wants i don't feel like i have the right to tell them no they shouldn't right. things like that so if someone's of sane mind and they wanted to make an alteration to themselves like even look at something cos- as cosmetic as dyeing their hair getting a tattoo you know these are things that you can't really step in for people to decide so should gene editing be any different? Mm. Potentially not. What I'd like to ask then though is because right from the start we've talked about gene editing when the sort of future baby is in say the womb or, or whichever the term is to use in this. Mm-hmm. 
who decides there though that's kind of the question i'd like to focus on yeah i think i can't answer that yeah. um personally though other than i can't answer it uh, objectively but subjectively i would say i don't think you have the right to do that i don't think we have gotten to the stage where we can we can alter genomes unless in a, literally a life-threatening situation mm. or a life-altering situation so let's say we could find a way that let, let's say you knew your child or child i was right. for a different word yeah. that doesn't <laughs> exist it, let's say that your child is going to be born and has a very very high likelihood of having hiv what you know hiv is as much as you can live with it nowadays and it's definitely achievable to live with it it's still a, a difficult uh, disease to live with so what's to stop you going in there and removing that gene or removing whatever the process is from occurring? So would that be ethically sound? You've changed, you've altered that, that genome. That, that, the child that you had at conception is not the same that will be born now, but yeah. they won't have HIV. And you touch on that actually, the unexpected sort of changes with having not enough knowledge. Because what if mm -hmm. we change the, we take, we, we, cut, the, we cut the HIV out of the <laughs> out of the future. Get that out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what if that has some sort of a domino mm -hmm. effect or a butterfly effect sort of on the child's life and sort of that. You you, you touched on that on your spun out posts. Yeah. Um so so in my spun out article I, I, I do mention the that we don't know enough about this topic and China was in a little bit of trouble. They had a case where they looked at and they altered well they say they altered the genes in two twins. So it's it's hard to know it, it, it's it's the kind of there's no rewarded at risk in this kind of case but do you want it's a lot a lot more ethical when you're doing it in cells in a lab yeah but you can't prove it until you do it in lives mm. live test subjects that's where you could bring in the argument of animal testing and its ethics can we use animals to try this out for another decade right. and then see what happens or should we go to human trials and see what happens? Or is this a thing we should be discussing at all and we shouldn't be doing? What are the current, like, that you're aware of, what are the current um, sort of developments on this? Of, of gene editing? Yeah. Like, say, the twins example. Is there any, like, what was that? And also, was there any, like, is there anything else happening there? Uh, I think there's been a couple. The twins was the most high-profile case. Right. It's also, it was high-profile because... And what did they do there? Uh, I don't know exactly. They, oh, okay. they altered some of their, their genes. Um, I, they were actually they were altered to provide protection from HIV. Oh yeah. So yeah, so it's funny. I actually mentioned that earlier, having yeah, forgotten yeah. that. that. So um, so but what if this affects other aspects of their lives, or what if it doesn't affect anything physical? What if it affects something like their mental health? So it could affect. I suppose it is physical at the end of the day, but mm. it, what if it affects their their brain chemistry? What if it affects their hormone uptake? What if it affects anything else about them we don't know enough at this stage and i don't think we know enough to trial on humans mm. hmm. so what um what, but what cases because you've touched on this what what cases in the future do you think it will be ethically to use is it when it's a life situation like is it when your life is at danger kind of because you mentioned like height and sort of like what about like hair color you know these mm -hmm. kind of things like sort of like you think like you shouldn't be able to alter it in these cases and then only mm -hmm. if only on life kind of threatening cases well if gene editing had existed when hitler was around you would have yeah. seen a lot of you know blue-eyed blonde hair yeah. children being born yeah. so 
it's a dangerous kind of territory to you know wander into i can i can see it being used one day hmm. to some extent maybe we can find a way that you don't have to edit them before they're you know before they're born before they can consent to it right but i i would struggle to see how that would be possible not mm-hmm. to say it would never happen but it, right. it's you know th- that is you That's and very if you, futuristic you, in a way, yeah, yeah very futuristic so like making alterations to yourself now is very difficult say you get cancer now you have those mutated cells they're, they're very hard to act on now so um, it would be easier to act on prematurely i think there's like an interesting discussion with to do with like even personality traits and things like that because i don't know i suppose where i want to go with this even but it's that like say if there's certain personality traits that are better for certain things for example like being an extrovert whilst running a company say and your parents are really company-based like your parents are running a company and they have a child and sort of they want to in a way inject this you know this personality trait into you to sort of keep the thing and then then we're sort of then we're sort of um entering into discussion of like well what personality traits are you know best like is it best to be confident and all this like can you be sort of more shy and still get through life and sort of it, it touches on a very big discussion then can, can i ask you a question so yeah what do you think makes up a person more or is more important in a person their physical attributes or their personality attributes just either or i can nearly say neither okay for that wasn't what i wanted to hear yeah, but I, w- I would say out of those two mm-hmm. i would definitely say personality mm-hmm. so if personality makes up is more important in who a person is do we have more or less of a right to alter that and i would definitely say we've less of a right to alter that mm. um, because i i definitely think i didn't pick my friends based on how they looked or how good they were at no, sport. I picked course, them based yeah, yeah, on who they were as people, how they treated others, what they aspire to be, mm. their their personalities. And so if I don't think it would be ethical to change those things. I think when you asked me that question, I thought, I, did, did you say what was more important? I think it was... I might have phrased it a bit I think before, what, yeah. what I think what I understood as kind of like, well, who is, like, is one human more important than the other kind of yeah, thing? I think that's yeah. what I thought mm-hmm. of. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would have said personality then yeah. straight away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's personality. I mean, it is the first thing you look at, is the looks of a person. Yeah, but then you know when you become friends. You stick, yeah, you don't stick. <laughs> it, you don't stick around for someone's looks. No, you don't. You know, you really especially don't. not in somewhere like college where you meet so many people. You, you know, yeah. you definitely wouldn't pick someone because yeah. they're they're good at this, they're good at that. You pick them because you like them for whatever reason that is. Uh, cool. So with the next thing I wanted to talk about, um, and kind of the final thing is to kind of wrap things all up with. Um, as a statement with the world being so unequal and that's sort of like so many different aspects mm-hmm. uh, we don't need to kind of dwell in on this um, won't sort of gene editing make it even more unequal and, and sort of like I, I feel like that, that's kind of kind of straightforward in a way like I think I think yes but I, I'd like to get your opinion on it but also would you then be sort of against it then if if so w- would one be against it kind of mm-hmm. like about funding and research and all this kind of stuff okay yeah i think the best way i would relate it would be say what do you call natural right so you know natural 
100 years ago would have been a lower life expectancy, higher infant mortality rates, mm. less food, people, those kind of extreme situations. So with modern medicine and technology, science, we've gotten to a place where we've improved those things. We've drastically helped those things ac across the world. You know, there are definitely some places and some, like some continents, some nations struggling. Definitely, you know, there is a, a huge divide between the quote-unquote first world and third world because I don't really like right. how that's phrased anymore. But there's a huge gap there. So should that gap always exist? Is that just a way of life now? Yeah. You know, I don't think so. I, I don't think we should just accept that. I definitely we should keep working on it. So um, whilst we may still get ahead, maybe it will still benefit those people most in need. Maybe it will benefit them more, you know? These are the kind of things we don't know until it's implemented. Maybe gene editing in 20, 30, 100 years might just be seen as normal day, everyday medicine, uh, modern medicine. It might just be accepted. So you're kind of saying that there is potential to narrow the gap with gene editing? Hopefully. I would be optimistic in thinking that. Maybe so then I'm you would maybe support it? In if if, if it, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. it benefited people, if it narrowed that gap, I think so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why not make people, you say you could edit all the genes of people who are susceptible to malaria. You know, malaria is the, it kills the most people, I think, in the world, mm. but definitely in the continent of Africa. So say we went in there and fixed that, would that help? Would that alleviate the situation? Or would it upset the natural gradient so much that... There wouldn't be enough food to support these people. There wouldn't be enough infrastructure to support these people. And we couldn't provide aid quick enough to, you know, yeah. benefit their accelerating population, workforce, yeah. economy. So. And I guess that goes back to your kind of main point of all this, is that we sort of don't know enough. Yeah. <laughs> because there is so much. Like you're saying there, like, oh, you know, like, see, that's the thing about, I guess, um, like that is my main problem with, like, sort of, like, not thinking things through fully is that like you, you're posed a question there like oh, there's this big sickness in Africa and it's killing loads of people and, and we would help them with this and sort of like well then help like you know put in all the money into this and do all that but you're actually kind of posing the question like okay we help and how does that affect them long term maybe it'll mm -hmm. like we don't want to say this but what if it makes it worse and so yeah. It's kind of an interesting thing that you bring up because mm -hmm. there's so much to it, I guess. Yeah, I, I would liken it to something like, say, we've longer life expectancy here now. Right. Say, so people like me and you compared to our parents will have to pay, there'll be more, we'll have to pay more tax uh, in terms of pensions, okay. uh, healthcare, mm -hmm. things like that. The generations that live are getting older and they need more care. So we're going to have to provide that. And that's just an offshoot of having better medicine. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but we're in a situation that we can... We're, we're kind of, not that we're ready for it, but we know what's coming. We can kind of make um, preparations for that. If you, let's say tomorrow, made everyone um, immune from malaria, mm. that could change, you know, that would change things. That would change those demographics hugely, uh, immediately. And I don't think a system as poor as, you know, those some of these countries have would be ready for such a, a system shock or a system change that would get them ready for it and get them ready for, say, people living longer or something like that. It's just the example we're stuck on, but yeah, it would be hard to that's know. That's really interesting. So that's pretty cool. Um, to finish this off, I'd like to, because I really like your work. I really like your spawn at you. work, and I, and I read through a lot of them. Um, Thank you. And whilst they were being posted, but especially 
in the last two weeks because I was trying to sort of see what we'd like to talk about. And uh, I'd like to maybe just plug that in there. Cool, yeah. And I'd like to maybe, do you want to just... Do you want to just say what, what it is and, and sort of what, what do you do and yeah. what's the goal of it, I guess? Cool, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. So I volunteer with a youth charity called spunout.ie. It's Ireland's youth information website. We work in conjunction with everyone from the HSE to Pavy Point to Tufla, every every Irish um, group under the sun, basically. It was set up in Donegal in, I think, 2004. Oh, um, Donegal, has, was it? Yeah, oh, yeah it's, it's a funny one. It's, it's a quirky one. <laughs> well, well, um, yeah. uh, has expanded from there ever since. We have over a million unique readers each year. We focus on the demographic of 16 to 25, but everything is accessible to mm. anyone who wants. So we could get, you know, there could be some problems or issues you're having that arise when you're 12, or there could be some bit of information you missed out on and now you're 60 and you want to find out about it. Mm. So the website, it's a website, it's there. It's not locked out yeah. because of your of the, demographic. You're one of the writers for... Um, yeah, for so I volunteer as a content contributor. Uh, as well as that, I'm on their youth action panel and national panel. So we direct kind of where Spun Out goes, what articles mm. they look at posting and information they want to get out. The national panel looks at the campaigns we run. So last year would have been a lot about trans healthcare and rights. Uh, and youth in politics and I'm also on the board of directors there so we're looking at fundraising Uh, my section is primarily looking at fundraising how we can keep public interest advertising all those kind of things because is it a is it a charity then kind of so it's all Mm -hmm. based on kind of of how much you can get donations yeah absolutely no I I really want to talk about it because yeah but uh, just the way they sort of like I feel like it's kind of nice to talk about it just for a second, even because uh, just how how often I see it around the place. Like they're they're very good for being at events mm-hmm. and sort of like um, advertise themselves. And I think they do a lot of good work about that. But maybe sometimes it'd be nice to just go up to that stand and maybe have a chat with them and see what they're at, or even just go on the website if that's easier. And mm-hmm. just want to get it out there. Cause Absolutely, it's a yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Yes, that was a pleasure having Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. That was fun. Cool.